let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily Jordan here with my co-host, Andrew Andrew Jordan, her wonderful husband. Yep. And today we're really excited to introduce Brittany um, Carpenter with us today. Yeah, so we are going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite organizations on planet Earth, Operation Underground Railroad. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, volunteering and kind of serving in like organized with organized nonprofits in general. Mm-hmm. Also, Merry Christmas! Yeah, Merry Christmas! This should be coming out right before Christmas. Yep. So, yeah, we hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas and are able to find some ways to do some service. Yeah. Hopefully, so. you're listening to this on your way home for Christmas or while you're cooking gingerbread or whatnot, and you're really enjoying the season. So. Yep. Once again, Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Okay. So, Brittany, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your family, where you're from. So, <clears throat> I am actually from California. I don't know um, if anybody listening recognizes me. I grew up with Emily um, Brittany Johnson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dad was her religion teacher. Yes. Um, he was my seminary teacher at 6 a.m. in the morning. I was the one always asleep. And I feel so bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I grew so up in. Hopefully, you got something through osmosis. I did. Like I did. I did. I slept right on my on my Bible, so I think I got a lot. So um, the best. Were pillow. you? So was it when they had added that big family room on? Yes. Okay, so my bedroom was like right next to this room where they had their seminary class, and it had it was it wasn't even a bedroom door. It was like a weird like like a front front like a, door. Like so there was a door. window in it. <laughs> with like a tiny curtain so I would always like spy on their class and I'm like nine we thought it was so cute whenever you guys came out and I'm like oh like all your little <laughs> and we siblings. were always like oh they're so old and cool and wise yeah. they're studying the scriptures <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah. yeah so tell us about your family now so now we live in Springville Utah and I am married to Kevin we've been married for 10 years and we have a six-year-old girl a four-year-old girl and a six-month-old who's actually here. She yeah. is. If <laughs> so you hear cute. Any, any any cooing or any to- toes being thrown, toys being <laughs> thrown, that is Avery over there in the corner. Yeah. She's a cutie. So we're hoping that she'll keep pretty calm during this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how did you meet your husband? So we met while we were both going to college. We lived over by Seven Peaks, the water park. And I had this old beater car, and he fixed it for me. And I made him dinner as a thank you. So I showed off my skills. He showed off his nice. skills. And you're like, we, we can win. make this yeah, work. Yeah, like, this like, yeah. Partnership cars, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so then we just took it from there. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, we are going to dive into our Pobody's Nerfic little segment. Yeah, so I'm going to go first and let Brittany kind of gather her thoughts. Okay. Um, so this story comes back from the wonderful years of high school. Um, I was, I think I was a junior. I can't remember for sure, but I was at like a summer like Bible camp type thing that my church does. Um, and it was at the, it was at Utah State University up in Logan, Utah. 
And I was super nervous for some reason. Like I was thinking, like, oh, like all of these college kids are here, and they're so cool. And um, sorry, Avery's very cute. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. You were so at this camp. I was at this camp, and I was really nervous because I'm a little teenager and walking around on, on campus, thinking, looking at all of these like really cool, sophisticated college kids and now i'm like graduating from college and i realized how wrong it was um but it was like my first day on campus and i walked up and i was walking from to a building and this guy walks up to me and raises his hand and says high five and i raised i started to raise my hand and he high five someone like just behind me and to the side of me Oh, and I was like just standing there with my hand <laughs> up, like my hand up, and he just he stops and he looks at me, like I was an idiot, like what oh are you God. doing? And I was mortified. I like went, I kind of just like ducked my head, and I just, I didn't. You felt small like a tiny high yeah, schooler. <laughs> I didn't look at anybody for the rest of that walk, and maybe not even for the rest of the day. I just like looked to the ground and kept walking. Can never trust anyone to give you a high yeah, five. Yeah, high school rough time. But we're Sorry. done with that. Yeah, thankfully. Mm-hmm. All right, Brittany, do you have yours? Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep mine pretty short. So I was in ballroom <clears throat> dance class, and there was a boy. Of course, there's always a boy yeah. when it's embarrassing. But um, he was talking to me, and I decided that I wanted to impress him by doing a toe touch, which I did. I did a really good toe touch, but it was a ballroom floor, and oh, I was no. in ballroom shoes. <gasps> and so I did a perfect slip and no. landed right on my back. <laughs> Oh man! Touch. So he did help me up, and that was nice. And he asked me to winter formal, but okay. it, so it all worked out. <laughs> but I think I had some serious brain damage for a while. Like, it hit so hard. Oh, but after that, I'm like, I, I haven't oh, done a toe touch since. I'm super mortified. Plus, plus, after three kids, I don't even know man. if it's even. It's yeah. funny that this was your story because we just recorded with Haley Weller yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think that episode's going to come out in a few weeks after this one but she told a very similar story yeah very similar story except, except she, she oh. broke her hip oh yeah no. totally broke yeah it. like the same thing anyways except- we're, we're spilling her poetry's perfect later oh you're right this <laughs> yeah. is coming out later so sorry Haley. <laughs> I just, spoiler alert <laughs> i only broke my pride <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's a good thing to break right yeah. like the lord wants us to break our pride frequently yeah. right okay so Brittany's here with us to talk about OUR and volunteering. So can you go ahead and tell us a bit, as much as you want, about Operation Underground Railroad? Okay, so Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit that was started just a few years ago. Uh, It seems like it's been forever, but it actually, I think, was around 2013. Mm. And uh, since then, they've rescued over 3,000 children from sex trafficking. That's, That's their whole focus. They are a, a group that goes into the worst places and shines a light and rescues children from from the worst situations. And then they not only save those children, but then they facilitate aftercare homes mm-hmm. so the kids can recover and heal and learn amazing skills. And they just go and have amazing lives because of this organization. Wow. So Yeah, it's a great, them. great organization. Yeah, and they save kids here in the U.S. That's a common misconception that it doesn't exist here. But 
they save children all over the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I remember right, the U.S. is like the largest market. For they it. are the largest consumers of um, child sex trafficking, and so it's actually a problem that we created. Right. And so, as the founder Tim Ballard likes to say, there's more slavery now than at the time of Lincoln, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because of the U.S. And so it's our problem that we need to fix and that's right. why this organization was created right mm-hmm. which is no, yeah i can't say enough good things about this organization i love our to death okay awesome. <laughs> yeah um i had the awesome opportunity to go to a like a little christmas shopping event that was in november um to just sell some of my prints there and it was really awesome to be <laughs> it was really awesome to be there with a bunch of people that are like uniting in this one goal to like save um, children from sex slavery. Yeah, it I mean, was it, really uplifting. Super yeah, lovely. and the OUR has a couple of really good um, documentary films out there. They just came out with a new one recently, didn't they? Well, they came out with one called Operation Toussaint, and if you want to see it, it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So you can watch that and review it and help spread the word. It's it's an amazing film, and they're actually coming out with another one, um, a live action Hollywood film, right. yeah. um, I think next fall. Which I'm super, super excited about. Well, <laughs> yeah. If you follow Tim Ballard on, on Instagram, he posts about it pretty frequently. Okay. Yeah, it's called uh, Sound of Freedom, and Jim Caviezel is the star of that one. Okay. Awesome. I wish I knew actors' names, but I don't know who that is. He's the guy from the Monte Cristo, the Count of Monte Cristo. Have you oh, ever really? seen that movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's amazing. Well, that's really exciting. Okay, so Brittany, how did you get involved in Operation Underground Railroad? So I first got involved when their first documentary came out. It called The Abolitionist years ago. And uh, my sister got free tickets to go see it. Mm-hmm. And she invited me to go with her. And at the time, I had a my, my four-year-old was brand new. And I just said, you know what? I don't want to expose myself to something that dark. Mm-hmm. It's just something I just, I don't want to learn about children who are abused in this way. It's too heartbreaking. I definitely understand. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, as a mother, I'm like, I just want to put my head in the sand. I don't want to think about it. I mm-hmm. don't want to see it. So she went and sat by herself. <laughs> <laughs> and then she came back and she told me about how amazing it was and how, um, and this is what I love about OUR. They take such dark situations and they, they, they make it the most positive thing possible. They, they just they just focus on the good and the light and all the amazing things that they are doing and and how we are helping fight this fight this problem. And so she came back and told me about how great it was and I just had this gut-wrenching feeling telling me, you know, what if everyone had the same attitude that you did? Mm-hmm. That oh, that's so sad. I hope someone else fix it. I'm just going to not think about it. It doesn't exist because it doesn't affect me. And mm-hmm. and I just thought, yeah. what if it were m- my child and right. someone had that attitude? I, yeah. you know. And it's so hard because it is, it is such a dark thing. It's mm-hmm. not like, it's not, it's like even harder than dealing with things like cancer or accidents or something like that because it's people making evil choices mm-hmm. and like having to deal with that. Um, but I, I always think when I like face with the same thoughts that you were talking about, like wanting to just bury your head in the sand and think mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. this isn't happening. Like, I don't want to think about it. Like yeah. I have kids like, like, and there are kids their same age that this is happening to in other, in other parts of the world or in this part of the world, just yes. you know, down the street somewhere that yeah. I don't know about. They just, um, and I, I always think of Christ telling us like, he needs us to mourn with those who are, who mourn and and comfort those who stand in need of comfort and like mourning those mourning with those who mourn and weeping with those who weep really means like 
understanding their pain, understanding the suffering that's happening, and not shying away from it. Like we have to like open ourselves to it as hard as it might be. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And Tim often says, you know, you have to be brave enough to learn about it so you can do something about it. And yeah. and I found that the best way to deal with that that darkness of learning about mm-hmm. um, child slavery um, and the kinds of abuse that are out there is to serve. Like the the only way I could deal with like that gut wrenching, oh, I can't believe that exists. I can't believe kids are hurt this way is to go out and do something about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I signed up as a volunteer and I went to my very first meeting and they made me the team leader. So, <laughs> like, so it just kind of... It's like You seem like someone with way too much time on your hands. Oh, like. yeah. No, you you deserve to be the leader in Utah County. So so you're the team leader over Utah County. Yeah, so there's actually two. So there's a South County and then there's the Northern. And I know the South Utah County is, is huge. And it goes all the way from Provo down to Elk Ridge. And we wow. have a, a great team... And uh, this is actually my third year uh, being the team leader. So as a team leader, what do you do? What are you responsible for? So we are responsible for spreading awareness and raising funds for rescues and aftercares. And so lots of team leaders go about it differently. A lot do parades and booths and others like me like to do really big events that draw the community in. Mm -hmm. So uh, it raises funds and awareness all at the same time. Mm Um, I also love doing things that help inspire volunteers because we get a lot of people who hear about OUR and they want to do something right away. They sign up as volunteers and I love giving them ways to, to act on those feelings, to go out and serve and, mm-hmm. and do and do, do things. So we'll do like booths and fairs mm-hmm. and farmers markets and things so like that. So it's a pretty autonomous position <clears throat> where you're like in charge of kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot. Um, Is there, do they provide training or anything yes. like that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lots of in-depth training. And then they have training calls every week. And they have a whole website with tools and uh, everything to, to help prepare these team leaders. When I first started, it was kind of just like just go with it (laughs) just do your best and now they got a little more experience yeah now that they have way more volunteers and team leaders they've got a program that's and they just started doing committees so it's not all on the team leader it's breaking it into like delegating mm -hmm, yeah and so there's even more community outreach and company outreach that's mm-hmm. awesome. So how much time do you think a week you devote to? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it yeah. probably depends on the week. They have us but. log our hours, actually. Um, and I probably put in an average of f- five to 20 hours a week of volunteering. The closer we got to our fundraiser, the Gift of Freedom in mm-hmm. November, the more hours. Right. <laughs> so, so as the as the year goes on, the hours increase more and more and more. Uh, but I think the average team leader puts in about five to five to ten hours right. a week, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you think about it, like you're adding this on top of everything else you do. Yeah, right. like yep. if Like you're a mom and you're, you know, whether you're working or you're at home with the kids or whatever mm-hmm. whatever position you're at in life, like. Think of how busy you feel and then adding 5 to 20 hours on yes. top of that. And a lot of the team leaders actually are mothers. It just seems to resonate more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah nothing against the fathers, but we, we do have some great team leader uh, men. But there are a lot of women out there I'm who sure, are just yeah. like, well, I got to do something. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Which is interesting, though, because of that like instinct feeling like, nope, don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. So, But that's awesome that mm-hmm. mothers are really getting involved in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. 
So is there anything else about OUR, about the organization or anything like that you would like to share? I'll, I'll just quickly put a word out there. Uh, mm -hmm. If at all you have any interest in learning more, we have a website. Uh, OURrescue.org and you can go on there. We have tons of clips and videos and you can also join the fight and you can become an abolitionist which is a, a monthly donor or you can become a volunteer or both, all mm -hmm. of the above uh, and you can register to become a volunteer and get all the updates and everything. Mm -hmm. We also, on the website there's a number you can text and when they're in especially, you can sign up for these, when they're in especially dangerous situations they'll actually send out a message to all the people on this text chain to pray for them Oh, wow. And oh, it's really, it's really powerful. And every time they've sent me a text, and you just kind of stop what you're doing, and pray for these jump teams because it's, it's very dangerous. Right, these they're, jump they're, teams. So and there's, okay. there's rescue missions happening every other day now. There's so wow. many jump teams wow. active uh, that when that prayer, they only send that text when things are especially dangerous. Yeah, or especially when there's a lot of kids on the line and 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 yeah i especially yeah. recommend signing up for that yeah and That's so amazing. like what they do is they they go in and they are a lot of times they're like undercover and yeah. like they pretend to be like buyers mm -hmm. and so they have to which is so mind-blowing to me like being able to go in there and like talk to these kids like talk pretend to these, these like, like you're gonna do the thing that yeah. you're like yeah yeah like talk oh to gosh. these sellers and like like see the you know the merchandise the kids and not want to kill those people like, yeah i yeah. would I would go crazy and punch someone, I'm sure. Um, but a lot of the people, including, including the founder, Tim Ballard, he has, has a lot of experience with under, undercover investigations. When I, he worked for the CIA, and yeah. then mm -hmm. he was with the Department of Homeland Security before he started mm -hmm. OUR, correct? Yes, uh -huh. and he actually worked with the U.S. Um, rescuing children from sex trafficking before. Um, and then he, there was just a lot of red tape, which is why he started OUR, because mm -hmm. he found that he could do a lot more. Right. Outside uh, the as a nonprofit, yeah. yeah, and they're able to go outside of the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So they go into all these companies. They work directly with the police, and and so they'll go in undercover, and then the police will come in once they have proof that children are being sold, and arrest everyone, including mm -hmm. <laughs> the jump team members, <laughs> and and then they save the kids. And it's it's just it's just amazing how it all works out, and and how many children have been have been saved from these undercover missions yeah so as we're talking about this there's one verse in matthew chapter 18 that keeps coming to my mind uh, and it says and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea um Huh. Yeah, so just that yeah. first verse, like, and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, uh, receiveth me. And so just thinking about this organization and everything they do to go in and receive these little children um, and and save them from people who are offending, or offending these children and offending Christ, mm -hmm. which is like, the Lord doesn't use that phrase very often, like um, put a millstone around their neck and, and throw them into the sea. Mm -hmm. But that's how he feels about people that offend children. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and it always gets me. That's that's why I'm really engaged in this organization. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. sorry. I'm off okay, my so a little bit more about the volunteering for OUR specifically. Mm -hmm. um, how can people, if they don't necessarily want to volunteer to be a team leader, how can they volunteer in other ways? So when you go in to register again on 
OURrescue.org and click join the fight, there's actually a whole application you fill out Mm -hmm. and you can fill out as much or as little as you want. And it literally has check boxes and it'll even ask, do you want to be a jump team member? No. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, me, but a lot of people want to. Um, Do you want to work in aftercare? Yes. Do you want to work with street outreach? We have volunteers who go into Salt Lake and and um, help the women who are on the street and and help make sure that there's no children involved or anything like that. So there's lots of little things. Are they leaving us questions like, are you an artist? Are you a graphic designer? Are you good with accounting? And there's just tons of lists of skills and you can just click what skills you want and talents you want to share, or they'll ask what your interests are and you can click. So on the application itself, you can you can let them know how much you want to be involved and they'll even ask how many hours do you want to serve mm-hmm. and you can just say I don't want to serve any I just want to be part of the cause or I want to serve 10 or 15 so it's it's so very there's a lot of options mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome mm-hmm. yeah that's really cool okay so can we shift a little bit from OUR specifically to volunteering in general yeah okay so volunteering for an organization may seem quite daunting to people so why do you think that people um would choose to volunteer for an organization rather than serving those around them generally their friends their family like of, of their own accord like right. just deciding to do just good deciding things. to do good things over or yeah yeah. yeah yeah okay. so so why would they decide to, work to join with an, an organization, organization other yeah. than just finding service right. around them right. yeah yeah i get that a lot especially with our when i when i talk about it so much i say well there's so much work that needs to be done here true there's so much work that needs to be done everywhere mm-hmm. but i think if I felt inspired. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where you just you just know. you just know this is something I need to be a part of, and that yeah. just hit me with this when I heard about again mm-hmm. when I after I made my little mistake, and then I had to come repentance moment, and <laughs> um, and then I had the most strong one of the most strongest spiritual experiences I've ever had, just saying that this is an important this is a this is God's work and you need to be a part of it. And so I still serve. I still bring dinner to my neighbors. I still watch neighborhood right. kids. And it's not one or the other. Yeah, I know. Right. It's right. not one or the other. It's kind of just like if you find something that speaks to you. So sometimes it might be an animal shelter or it might be, you know, holding babies in the hospital. If, if, something, if something speaks to you and you pray about it and you feel strongly that you should be a part of it, then go for it. Because you can always find excuses not to serve, but by volunteering and joining an organization, it's kind of like that push that that gets it going and gets rid of the excuses mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and I think the the Lord has blessed us blessed all of us we've received a promise that everyone has been blessed with some spiritual gift mm-hmm. and some passion mm-hmm. and so with as many charitable organizations as there are in the world but like in our country right now um, I I know that <laughs> <laughs> Avery really agrees with this point. That's what every time she, she every says time it, you talk, she's like, "Yes, preach, Andrew." <laughs> yeah, um, like there is some organization that matches your your spiritual gift and your priorities and your passions. Like, mm-hmm. I am a big believer you should find that thing and like find that organization and be engaged um, because the Lord wants us to serve and it brings. Um, it is beneficial. Like it, it helps us, and I think that's the next thing we want to talk about. Actually, is the benefits to you and to your family that you've seen or that you see generally from from volunteering. You can talk about specifically OUR because that's your experience as well, but kind mm-hmm. of from a general perspective. 
Yeah, I think I think it helps me put things in perspective. It's like, oh, I've had such a bad day, and then you read about one of these children oh, gosh. who's yeah. like never had a toy before, and they're oh, so excited gosh. because when they're first rescued, they're given a backpack with a doll, mm. and some of them are just like, gosh. I've never even. I've never had anything of my own before. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know how... They don't even know how to play. Like, they don't even know how to color. Mm-hmm. And and so it's, it's just... It kind of puts things in perspective and makes me so grateful for all that we have. And it kind of makes, like, you know, locking your keys in the car not such a big deal after all. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. And then in regards to my family, so I have young kids, but I grew up in a family that was very service oriented. My parents were always uh, going out and serving. I don't know if you remember the Waterford Soccer League, but that mm-hmm. was started by my parents really? because I didn't yeah, know that. they wanted to create something for our community and okay. uh, for the kids to be involved in. And and I just I just saw their example and it kind of grounded us as kids and and gave us good work ethic and, and reminding us that there's more out there than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. so I think it's great for my kids to see me as a parent kind of stepping outside my normal roles and serving and helping others. And I just, uh, one night, night hit me when my she was five at the time. She just prayed to Heavenly Father that the children who are taken from their homes would be safe and that they'll be saved. And thank you so much for, oh, you are for saving them. And oh, five man. years old. She yeah, said she that said friend. that, and I didn't even prompt her. But oh I, my gosh. But that was like kind of a, a a a gift from heaven because at the time I was feeling like my service was taking away from the home, and and and, and that just showed that it was kind of giving my children um, a testimony of service. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So. You're not worried then about, are you worried then about like your kids being exposed to this kind of at a young age? So, <laughs> yes, I do have to kind of, when when I talk about it, I have to be careful because I do have little ears listening. So mm-hmm. um, I just I just say, you know, OUR rescues children from, from trafficking. Uh, or And when I explain it to them, I just say um, OUR goes in and, and saves children who are being hurt and gives them gives them back a home. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of their understanding at this point. Right. They just know that there are bad people out there and there are children who who are not safe and OUR is out there to make them to safe. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about to kind of uh, help our listeners kind of understand more about like the volunteering process, mm-hmm. um, I think it's something that as volunteers, you don't really understand always, especially when you're joining an organization that doesn't explain it very well. But there are expectations of volunteers once they do volunteer, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like you just say, oh, I'm volunteering and so I'm not getting paid for this, so it doesn't really matter if I show up or I don't show up. Like, there are realistic, like, there are expectations put upon uh, volunteers and it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. Can you, like, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, kind of in reference to to OUR, if if someone signs up as a volunteer, that's great. They kind of get notifications but we actually have events and booths and tables and things, and we give volunteers several, several op- opportunities uh, to get involved and to serve. And people will register for shifts and things, and or they'll register to go and talk or to go work in a school. And the problem with that is sometimes volunteers don't show up, mm-hmm. and that makes it really hard because we put on these big events or we have these tables, and if 
you don't come, then you never know who you might have missed. You know, there might have been someone out there who would have loved to hear about this organization, and if the volunteer's not there putting in the work that mm -hmm. they committed to do. So I think that's my um, biggest hurdle with being a team leader is getting these all these great volunteers, but then getting some who volunteer and think, like you said, oh, this is just service. It's not like a real job. I don't actually need to sign up for a shift. Right. <laughs> I, like right. I registered for. Or so. if like, I sign up for sign up for a shift, it's okay if I don't show up. Yeah. Has to keep my commitment. Or if yeah. I or if I said that I was gonna hand out pamphlets at at you know BYU and I decided not to. You know, you, mm -hmm. it's kind of just like I think my biggest thing is if you're a volunteer and you make a commitment, then keep it because yeah. it might not be a job, but I feel like it's that it's more important almost in some aspects because yeah. we're dealing with you know rescuing kids and spreading awareness and and that's yeah. that's very important well i think like the there needs to be an understanding that a commitment to volunteer is not like a soft commitment yeah like it's a, it's still a hard commitment like yeah. as if you were committed to do something for work or something like that like it's still a hard commitment and like you not fulfilling your commitment isn't the same like say you like signed up for a shift or a speaking event or something like that. Like you not going is not the same as like you having never like signed up to volunteer at all. Mm -hmm. Because if you've signed up to volunteer and you've signed up for a shift or an event or whatnot and you don't show up, like the organization like suffers because of that because mm -hmm. they were planning on you being there. Yeah. And, yeah. And so like as you're volunteering, like be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So. No, I, I think that's I think that's great because yeah, like you said, a lot of volunteers just think, you know, oh we're doing this and we're being kind and if I don't show up it's not the end of the world and, and you're right, it isn't the end of the world. But I think every little thing counts when it comes to serving and so show up and be there if you say you're gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can talk about service and volunteering and um it can seem like it's this like glorious super rewarding like always positive thing but, but here at outposts of heaven we're all about talking about like where the, like, the rubber meets the road like yeah the, kind of the gritty aspect of things mm -hmm. so can you talk to us a little bit about maybe the struggles of being a volunteer in an yeah, organization. I think, I think with OUR in particular, being a volunteer, like people watch these videos and they see the jump teams and they see the aftercare and I get so many emails from people saying, I want to be on the jump team. I want to I wanna be in the aftercare houses. I want to be the therapist helping these kids recover and that's great and that's wonderful. But the real need is the little people like me hitting the pavement, handing out flyers, raising money and things mm -hmm. like that because it's a nonprofit. So without all of us raising funds and awareness, they couldn't go out. The jump teams couldn't go out and do what they do. The aftercare wouldn't have the uh, supplies that they need to run these houses. And so it's not the most glorifying thing, putting on fundraisers <laughs> and right. staying up late at night, putting price stickers on things and selling hats and t-shirts. It might not feel as great as hugging a child, but um, in the end, it all comes together and it's all it's all just as important. So I, I think that's the biggest struggle is people's expectations versus the reality right. when they become a volunteer and just realizing that everything that you do when it comes to serving others even if it's cleaning the toilets at an event like it's needed <laughs> and it's important and it, it yeah. makes a difference they in OUR they say they call it shining your light mm -hmm. and um we have little kids who do bake sales we have um we have people who do yard sales and they raise funds and it all adds up to to saving kids 
Yeah. And when you eat, when you do those little things, even if they don't bring a huge like monetary benefit, it like, gets the word out and like yeah, lets more people awareness. know about it. Like you know, even just we have some volunteers who say, "Well, I don't have money to donate." That's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to donate every month to be a part of the cause. You can just share their posts on Facebook. And like for example, I I shared one of the posts one time on my Facebook and because of that, several of my family members started shopping on Amazon Smile and made OUR the mm. nonprofit that they donated to. So it's just mm. little things that add up. So I think that's an important struggle to like be aware of, like this kind of realization that most of the volunteer efforts that are required uh, aren't like the big flashy glamorous positions like they're not going to be the ones that end up like in the the big promotional videos or mm-hmm. the the advertisements for uh, OUR for whatever organization you want to you want to uh, volunteer for but like the if you want your organization to do a whole lot of good the organization has to be big and the bigger the organization the bigger the pool of people it requires to do all those little things and just it's it's kind of like a part of humility I guess it's like being okay with like the role that you can play mm-hmm. um, and just like being happy with that and moving forward knowing that like your little role even if it seems insignificant to you is making a difference mm-hmm. in like the grand scheme of things no it does and like just for example at an event we just had that Emily served at we had one of the volunteer positions was door greeter you know, mm-hmm. that's not super fun or glamorous. It's actually probably extremely boring when you're doing it for yeah. three hours. But they were handing out flyers. And on each flyer, they just said, help us, you know, thank you for coming and helping us rescue children from sex trafficking. And so every person who came into that event, they were helping spread awareness too. And so, so yeah, every, every role and position, while not glamorous and maybe not, you know, as exciting is, is, is amazing and helpful. Yeah. Okay. So, with all of the work that you put in and all the hours that you put in, do you ever feel burned out? Yes. So, speaking of burnout, I talked about how this is my third year being the team leader. It's actually I'm stepping down, okay. and there is someone replacing me. And it's not that uh, I wasn't doing a, a good job or anything like that. It's it's just there's always a time and a place. Mm-hmm. And I have a new baby, as you all know, <laughs> listening to this podcast. And when I first started serving, I just asked, I, I, I prayed about it, how to, how to best go about it. And I was, I was very strongly told that you put the, you know, you put your faith and you put your family first and everything will work out. Mm-hmm. And as we were coming to the close of this year, I just felt really strongly that you can still serve, but you need to give someone else a chance to be you know, in charge. And, and so not necessarily burned out, but feeling like I've put in a lot of great service and other people can too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like kind of passing the torch to mm-hmm. someone else. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. realizing that like being rooted like in the season you're at, mm-hmm. you're in. It's like mm-hmm. the se- in the season you've been in the past three years, it's been the right thing, mm-hmm. but now like, it's still a good thing, but it's not what you need to be doing right now and I think that requires a lot of self-awareness and requires a lot of communication with your spouse and with your children with your family and then also with Heavenly Father and like listening because he's ultimately the one who knows best Mm -hmm. like what what needs to happen Mm -hmm. and so I think that's something that as all of you wonderful people are thinking about volunteering and organizations to be a part of um, just to 
make prayer an active part of this. Like it, it really, um, the Lord knows what you're going to need to be doing in six months or six months from now, and knows what you need to be doing now. Uh, and as you engage Him in that decision making process, it's going to be you're going to help yourself and the organization that you want to be a part of more than you could possibly do if you were just making this decision on your own. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Prayer is definitely a part of everything I do in any service. So, Okay, so if you are looking to join OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, um, go ahead and go to their website and um, become a volunteer. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put the link for the their website and for the Amazon Prime documentary and for all the other things that we've mentioned. So Mm -hmm. we'll have that in the show notes if you want to be able to find that. Yeah. Um, Also, this month of December, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has started this, like, light the world, hashtag light the world. And it's basically every day of December you do an act of service. And um, I know it's, like, already close to Christmas time, so a few weeks have passed already. Um, But it's not too late to join that. So you can, on your own, do your own acts of service every day, or you can sign up to get little text reminders, and they'll send you, um, like, an idea. like a little idea. So, like, um, call your days. parents, or um, draw a picture of Jesus Christ and share it, or... Yeah, um, so I'm actually, or like it said, create a piece of art depicting Christ, yeah. and then share that. So I'm working on mine right now. It's going to be awful, because I'm not <laughs> no, an but, artist, he's, but I'm doing he's it. He's been taking an oil painting class, and so he's doing an oil painting of See, Jesus. I didn't know it was so. draw. I'm just going to take a picture of someone else's drawing. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's art. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then some other ones have been like... Um, organize a like a an ornament sharing or ornament swap thing which is pretty cool yeah or like donate Um, to donate to an organization or like oh you are yeah yeah. um so if you want to keep if you want to get in on that uh, i think it i mean it's not too late yeah there's still some time never too late but i mean on for the texts but um yeah definitely Search hashtag light the world. There's tons of ideas out there. And, and I think it's lighttheworld.org. Yeah. I believe. And we'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, that's where you can get more ideas and sign up for the texts. Okay. So. Well, hun. Uh, yes. So I'll, I'll go first. I think my biggest takeaway is first, OUR is freaking awesome. Yes. <laughs> they are an awesome organization and I love them forever. Um, but I think. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think I, I'm just even more committed to the OUR mission than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and my big takeaway is I am going to. We'll probably finish this episode, and then I am going to get onto their website and figure out what kind of volunteer opportunities they have mm-hmm. in Louisiana, yep, where, that's we're where we're moving. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. That's my okay. takeaway. Okay. So my biggest takeaway was um, to follow the spirit in knowing where to give your service. Yeah, like being um, rooted in the season you're in. Right. Um, and to being open to an idea that maybe you're not, I'm not super, like, brave enough for, maybe, because I definitely feel what you were feeling earlier um, before you committed to be a volunteer for OUR. Um, that feeling of, like, well, I don't, I don't really want to know all of that because it's scary, it's sad, and I have little kids, and I don't want to think about it. Um, so... I'm going to be more open about, like, yeah. getting more involved. Oh, so, I think, okay. And I definitely want to. I'm not saying, like, I don't want to. I want to. I'm just scared. Like, okay. mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I think, I think second takeaway real quick. Yeah. Um, the idea that uh, the Savior has called us to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. 
Um, and part of it means like not turning our back on these dark situations in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we have a covenant responsibility to become aware of these kind of situations uh, and not just try and not just try and fix these situations, but become emotionally involved and invested in the situation. Mm-hmm. Like I think in being emotionally invested in these situations is a covenant responsibility from our Heavenly Father. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Thank you. Any takeaways, Brittany? Or you? Yeah, I think I think this was just a sorry, my first takeaway is that my child is way louder than I first thought. <laughs> uh, okay. but secondly, uh, just uh, it's a good reminder just talking about it that uh, prayer is so important in whatever you're doing and Heavenly Father knows so much more than we do what we are capable of. If I, if someone were to come to me three years ago when I first registered to be a volunteer and saying that I would help put on large events and, and help raise um, enough funds to rescue over you know, 70 to 100 children from sex trafficking, I just would have said, no, there's no way. I could never be a part of an organization so big and so large, but Emily Father knew um, better than I did. Mm-hmm. And and I think just also just praying, you know, how to how to go about doing things and, and who to talk to. And and it's just, prayer's just been a huge part of, of how I've, I've served and how I've helped balance service and family and I think it's just an important thing to remember when you're getting ready to get involved in any mm-hmm. cause yeah. alright well thank you we really appreciate it yeah, thanks Brittany for joining us, us today um, so if you were motivated by anything we've said today again, reach out to some organization that you feel passionate about and, and volunteer and get involved and serve uh, and if you were specifically motivated to support OUR um, Emily has do you want to talk a little bit about what, what you've no. done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the 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 Christmas shopping event that I did um, with Brittany, I was just a volunteer there sharing my artwork. Um, I did a painting specifically for the event, and it's of um, it wasn't supposed to be Tim Ballard, but it just kind of looks like him from the back. <laughs> it's supposed to be just one of the. Jump team. Jump team members, yeah. Um, but it does kind of look like him, I guess, from the back. Um, but it's him holding a child and Jesus Christ is standing next to him. Kind of like... Um, in my brain, I kind of think of it as like a handoff. So, like, Christ has been with this child for so long, protecting him, and now that jump team member has... Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that jump team member has kind of, like, stepped in and taken that torch yep. and like okay like i got this now and jesus is kind it's of like saying like you're like okay hands, like you're in good hands now i can go back to the rest of the kids kind of a thing so that's kind of what inspired it and it's on my etsy shop and it will be there for the rest of forever until i don't have an etsy shop maybe someday i don't know but um if you feel so inclined to purchase all of those proceeds will go directly to you are so thanks again for sticking it out with us you guys are awesome uh please subscribe rate leave us a review everything that your platform offers for our podcast and share with your friends too yeah <laughs> okay avery we're done avery really agrees sorry avery okay All merry right. christmas merry guys. christmas Bye. guys Have, keep the faith <laughs>